Welcome to another episode of Crash Chords Autographs. I, of course, am Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon. And before we get to this week's episode, I, of course, want to remind you that if you would like to join my Patreon, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash stormageddon, and you can hear your name right up in the front of an episode, just like I'm about to do for my current Patreons who are so kind enough to support me. So a big thank you to MJ, Rob, Robert, Robert, and Case. I really appreciate everything that you guys can give Anyone else who'd like to, of course, join that list, again, patreon.com slash stormageddon. Also, if you're in the New York area, you should go to The Nest, which is in Brooklyn. On March 22nd, I am hosting a video game-themed burlesque show presented by Magical Girl Burlesque called Let's Smash, a video game tribute to burlesque. Nope, a burlesque tribute to video games. That's the correct way to say that. So yeah, you should definitely go check that out. Um, I'm really excited to be hosting it. We've got a lot of really great acts lined up, and I hope to see you there. As for this week, I am chatting with the incredible Miss Frankie Eleanor. She's a burlesque performer and producer. We've worked together on many occasions across a bunch of different shows, but had never really had a chance to sit down and chat, and so I got to know a lot about her from this conversation. So please enjoy this episode. the show and you um actually i think that we'll just jump right in yes uh i i used to do like cold opens like welcome to the blah 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 now here's so and so but now i do like a pre-recorded thing at the top where i thank my patreons my patrons yes patrons patreons i never know it's a tomato tomato word i am set on that belief (laughs) Um, and i do i think i say it differently every time i do my (laughs) preamble too i just i can't keep track anymore um, also, poor Rob Sterobin, whose name I think I pronounce wrong every time. I think, I think, like, and I think he's just too nice to correct me. Uh, there's that one person in your life that just, you've been saying their name either wrong the whole time, or there was never that communication where you were like, oh, I am so-and-so, oh, so-and-so, and... I also don't try, like, I've had people screw up Storm, which is not a hard name to pronounce, so, you know... <laughs> But for those just tuning in, I am chatting with Miss Frankie Eleanor. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> thank you for having me. It's been a it's been a long time coming, sir. It has. And what's really funny is I, when we were saying this off air. I feel like I I see you a lot now, especially at certain shows. But mm-hmm. like it's always like a quick like hi, how are you, whatever. Oh, and a hug. And a hug. And oh, a hug. Enough. You're a good hugger. <laughs> but. I, like I feel, I feel like I don't actually know a lot about you. Like I know about Butter Pecan Burlesque because you know I see it everywhere and uh, I'm a fan of it. Though I have yet to attend a show, but I will change that. I promise. Um, so let's start with that. Actually, where did the the want to produce your own show come from? Was it simply just to give a platform to Hispanic and Latin performers? Was that always the goal, or it actually wasn't? Really. Um... I've been doing burlesque for about five years now, right. and about three years ago, where a certain somebody took a seat in a certain house, <laughs> um, there was a point where I felt as a Latina, I had some self-reflection during that time, and I felt like I wasn't really represented, and 
like me in particular as Miss Frankie Eleanor, I am Puerto Rican, but I am what they call a passing POC. So there have been times where I might get casted in a show, but it's a POC show, but some people will be like, do you belong here? (laughs) And I'm like, I do. And then there's shows that are not specific to um, POC variety, but they will hire me because... There have this has been over a course of five years. This isn't um, pertaining to any recent events, but sometimes I've been slotted in to be like the token POC, and uh, I'm just yeah. like, hmm. And Butterbee Camberlesque to me was my opportunity to not just give a platform for my fellow Latin and Hispanic performers to celebrate who they are, but also to educate the audience to be like, hey, you know, Latin burlesque is not Carmen Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, actually, correction. It's not just Carmen Miranda. Right. Um, Lat the Latin performer or Hispanic performer is not one color right. or one body type. Um, and also, we love so many things about the world. Um, our genre of music is not just pertained to salsa and merengue. And being a POC or Latin performer, you shouldn't feel like you have to be pigeonholed into that to represent who you are as a Latin person. I have performers that are huge goth um, Puerto Ricans. I have friends that, you know, they rather do sword swallowing or they're fanatics of fire. Mm -hmm. And I want to, that show is to give everyone the opportunity to just pretty much tell the world, I am here, I am proud. But this is all the crazy things that I love to do, and I want to share them with you. <laughs> sure. And so how long has that show been running? Um, this show, um, March 14th, actually marks its two-year anniversary. Very cool. And, of course, why not kick it off with a show? Awesome. Just a little plug. Yeah. Um, but also, it happens to be my birthday month as well, um, mm-hmm. the month of March. So that's how I kicked it off. I'm like, okay, this is going to be my little gift to myself and a gift to um, my fellow performers. And it's been a ride ever since. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I see that you have some really great performers who pass through and tons of yeah. really great acts. And like you were talking before, like to, th- to think, just off the top of my head, a lot of the Hispanic and Latin performers I know mm-hmm. that I've gotten close with, I don't even know that they have a what people might consider a token Hispanic or Latin act. A lot of them are really big nerds. Like mm-hmm. I think Kita Sincera, like she does comic books and fire eating and like yes. like it's just, you know, <laughs> that I think it, it's important to make sure that you put that out there, that people just don't have one perspective of what burlesque yeah. can be. It's mm-hmm. also in the last few years, like nerd lesque has really come really far. Like you can be nerdy about a book or a movie or a certain kind of song or like even Victor's digital get down act. I consider a nerdy act so because it's about cyber sex, you know? <laughs> and it's like one of those things that, the, you know, typical nerd circles may not consider nerdy, but I don't think that that matters. I think mm-hmm. it's got to grow beyond that. And I think it's been really a really cool thing to see. Um, so you said you started five years ago. Did, was burlesque something you always wanted to do? How did you come across burlesque? Did you start in theater like everybody else does? Surprisingly not. Really? <laughs> but um, I, my father likes to think that I've always been a tad dramatic. <laughs> so, okay, Dad. But um, burlesque started for me pretty much out of the blue. A, mm-hmm. a friend of mine invited me to 
um, one of the first Tiny Twist productions of nice. the Burlesque Hall of Fame fundraiser mm -hmm. they would do. And at that time, it was um, off uh, at Lupo Saint Rouge on Bleecker. Mm -hmm. And I just remember so many wonderful body types and acts and everyone just having so much joy in their face and just being surrounded by all these people, a large majority of the audience members knew each other and were so warm to each other and they were tipping the go-go dancers and the go-go dancers are hugging the audience members and I'm like, this is just, this is my jam. Right. I'm, I'm all about the love and the hugs and passing the dollar bills and the nudity. <laughs> but then uh, Joe Boobs Weldon did this amazing chair dance to this rock and roll song and my jaw dropped. I was like, who is this goddess? Ah. So after I collected myself, <laughs> um, at the time it was World Famous Bob who was the host of mm -hmm. that show, the FEMC. And she was like, and this, she was the headmistress of the school of burlesque. I'm like, there's a school? Right. <gasps> and pretty much two weeks later, I signed up for the Burlesque 101 and the rest is history. That's really awesome. Um, <laughs> It's funny that you mentioned Tiny Twist, uh, Tiny D and Ginger Twist. Um, some of my favorite photos of you on the internet are by the incredible David Bird of you just not giving a fuck. <laughs> like, and so I've shot with David um, yeah. and he's delightful and wonderful. And I, as a very awkward nerd who is not, who's becoming more comfortable with his body, but wasn't always like, he is a great photographer and he mm -hmm. ushers you through it. But when you're doing stuff like that, do you like? Do you just go whole hog? Are you really outgoing when it comes to that stuff, or do you kind of need coercing to kind of get into the right headspace? Nope, no coercing. <laughs> just throw me in. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where I'll go. I don't know what the story is, but we're just gonna go with it. <laughs> so, was there no stage fright when you started burlesque? Were you like concerned to get on stage, or? Well, absolutely. I think once I started um, taking the classes and starting to dive into the history and. Of course, once you go to the classes, and of course, once you first go to your first burlesque show, that's yeah. it. You're done. You're right. you're an addict. So uh, as I was going to all these different shows and seeing all these magnificent performers, um, you you were just dazzled and mesmerized, and you want to do right by the art, mm -hmm. and totally. especially by the history, because um, it's a short history when it comes to performance art, but it's a very colorful one. It's one that has that has dipped in so many different areas of our culture, like politics and, you know, laws and cities and corruption and uh -huh. gangs. And, oh, my God, it's amazing um, when you start reading more about it. So I, I was definitely nervous because I wasn't so much nervous about what I was going to do because, of course, I practice nonstop. I was listening to the song on loop for like a month. I was panicking. But I just wanted to put out something that I could walk away from. Even if it was the last time I would have performed, I wanted to walk off that stage and be like, you know what? I'm happy with what I gave. I'm happy with how I feel. I'm happy with how the audience feels. And that day was incredible. Um, the student showcase that was um, done for my first uh Show and of course I did it to <laughs> Do I Move You from Nina Simone. <laughs> of course you did. Of course I did. It was it had to be a Nina Simone song. Why not? Are you a big Nina Simone fan? 
I am. Yeah. Always have been. I grew up uh, listening to that kind of music. But just to jump back to the um, the student showcase, I remember that night after the show was over, I was being, of course, people were approaching me and we were all congratulating each other sure. and um, just reveling in this amazingness and this high that we're all in. And I remember there was this one girl like standing behind like six people surrounding me and she had like this dead face. I thought she was going to tell me off. She was so serious. Uh-huh. She did not break eye contact with me. I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, I obvious. I feel like I need to talk to this person. So right. I walked over to her. I'm like, oh, did you enjoy the show? Did you have fun? Just to kind of take the temperature because I was scared <laughs> at first. Uh-huh. And she said, in all seriousness, very monotone, she's like, you do ha- you have no idea what she just did for me. Seeing my body on stage, like, enjoying how it was, how it moved, just celebrating who you are. You gave me, you gave me hope that I could feel that good about my own body. And then she's crying, and then I'm crying. Of course, and- yeah. And I just, I just stuck with it. I was like, "This is why I'm doing this. This sure. is, this is my celebration. This is claiming me, and I want my audience to, when they're experiencing this journey with me, I want them to walk away and feel good about themselves as well, and feel like that they can do it themselves. Because yeah. um, I know people have said before, like burlesque is for everyone, and it truly is. Yeah, even though it doesn't always look that way, which is. True. Yeah, I mean, but I think, <laughs> I, I think it's it's really important to do that, though. I th- like, I'm someone, like, you were talking earlier about making a joke about how once you see your first blush show, that's it. Like, you're hooked. Mm-hmm. And, like, I started doing the door for shows. Then I started DJing for shows. Now I'm hosting shows. Like, it, it wraps you up in it. And I think a big part of that is, like, if you're in the right parts of the community, it's very welcoming. And people are super supportive. Mm-hmm. And, like... And I've told Bunny this to her when she's on stage, speaking about body positivity and like seeing yourself on stage, the act she does that's more of a classic um, act, but she shakes her boobs and then she shakes her belly. Like <laughs> I tell her that's one of my favorite acts because it it's just, it's being comfortable with you. Yeah. And you don't always see that on stage, especially mm-hmm. since there are tons of performers and there's nothing wrong with just being very into yourself. But sometimes you get this sense of them feeling flawless, whether they do or not. And so it's nice yeah. to see that kind of, like, human side of yourself on stage. Is there an act that you've created that's really personal that you're very proud of in that way? Like, either about your body or about your upbringing or your personality? Oh, my God. <laughs> Whew, glasses are coming off. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what performance have I done that really gives me that? Um well, um, this act is relatively new. I've been doing it for about a year now, mm-hmm. and it's called uh, Tigre. And the song is this high-energy uh, Latin number that's just full of bass and beat, and I'm literally just storming into that stage, mm. like, full energy. I don't. I pretty much don't stop till the song's over, but a lot of it... The premise of the song is pretty much just... Well, the... We're not going to go verbatim for what the (laughs) lyrics mean. But the overall concept of um, the act is celebrating my body Mm -hmm. and saying that, you know what? You can enjoy my body Mm because it is that fine. (laughs) (laughs) But 
for the longest time when I started being a fuller bodied performer, at first I was scared um, a lot for a number of years, about three years, I did a lot of slow burn and focused on, oh my God, don't move too much. You don't want that to jiggle. <laughs> you don't want them to see that. Keep that corset on. And Tigre was really my breakout where I was like, you know what? Why am I wearing this stupid corset? The whole number, it's pretty, but I can't move. I can't swing the hips like I know they can. And that was pretty much my balls to the wall. Let's see what happens. And it just received such good vibes from the audience and everyone. Like, I noticed that people were screaming a little louder. And that's so cool. I start, I. I dabbled with floor work for the first time in that number. And it just really, to me, that number was so personal to me because that was my way of giving myself permission to be like, you know what? You are enough. Your body is enough. What you're doing has always been good. And you know what? Just celebrate it. Enjoy it. And for me, that number is my jam. And it's one of the ones that I'm super proud of. That's really cool. That's awesome. Um, I like to ask performers when they're creating acts, like, you know, like a musician writing a song, like, Mm -hmm. what's the secret sauce a little bit? Like, do you find that you find the right song and then create an act around it? Or is it the other way around? Do you come up with a concept or story and then find a song for it? Or does it vary depending on the act? It happens usually out of the blue for me. (laughs) Really? Um, I'm huge in media. I love listening to the radio. I love mm-hmm. going to museums. I love watching movies. I, um, My daytime job, I deal with an industry that is very much responsive to what the media and what um, consumers in general need. So um, I'm always tapped into those resources. And surprisingly, um, music and visual art is very big in, in um, the consumer world. So... Um, I'd be like, oh, my God, that's a pretty good beat. Let me shazam it. And then I'll <laughs> listen to the track. And I'm like, ooh, I like this track. Where is this track going? How is it making me feel? Oh, okay, you know. And this is what I see myself doing at that beat drop and that beat drop. And this is how I want to end it. And this is where I'm going to take off that. And then it just starts building and the web gets created. And then I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be an act. Okay, okay, <laughs> let's do this. Has there ever been a song that you've loved so much, but you just couldn't turn into an act or you couldn't get it to fit quite right the way you wanted to? Yes. And this happened right after Hurricane Maria, mm-hmm. where um, Lynn manuel did this amazing collaboration. I remember, yeah. Yes. And it was um, this song that's called... Um, I think it's called Almost Like Praying. Uh-huh. Yes, and I remember that song, yeah. It's such an incredibly powerful song, and it's a beautiful song. I've seen, um, over the past two years since the disaster, I've seen performers try and turn that into a number. My personal opinion, it is incredibly hard to put so much emotion into that and be able to fully concept an act that actually goes with the musicality of that song and I think personally, it's just so hard to do without like breaking yeah, down and sure. crying. Yeah. But um, that's one that I've been trying my hardest for the past year and a half to turn into an act. And I'm just like, oh, I'm just, it's not fully manifesting. And I, I've come to the point that I'm like, you know what, this, this is going to sit on the shelf for now. Right. And I'm going, I will come back to it from time to time and check the temperature. 
let's see let's see what I can take away or add but it's it's not happening right now I mean that's fair and I'm okay with that and that's what's important yes. is like letting yourself kind of put something to the side and go not right now but that doesn't mean never kind mm-hmm. of a thing absolutely um, I feel I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the spectacular coming up in April known as Tesselmania that we are both a part of. <gasps> yes, we are. Uh, <laughs> um, did, so, like, I know that, like, as soon as Bunny came up with the idea for Tesselmania, there were tons of people who were super excited. Was Tesselmania a thing that you went to her, like, I have to be a part of this? Or was she just taking act submissions and you thought it'd be fun? Like, what, what's your connection? How did you kind of get involved with Commissioner Buxom? Well, Commissioner Buxom and I have, oh, we'll save that for another time. <laughs> but Commissioner Buxom was kind enough to give the girl from El Barrio a chance. And it was very serendipitous and pure magic, to be honest. I, I didn't even think that I had the caliber to be a part of such an amazing production because... The minute Commissioner Buxom shared that concept, my mind was like, am I capable of this? Because overall, I have a very miscongeniality personality (laughs) when I'm in the fold and just overall. So like, am I a good competitor? Do I have what it takes to compete against somebody? Take somebody out. (laughs) A bump and grind, strip, strip on strip till someone is voted off. I... And then I, I, it turned out I was able, I had it. You held your own, I'd yes, say, say. even though I think Commissioner Maxim, you know, might be doing, throwing some shade at me. She did, did you know she disqualified me last I, I heard, yeah. yeah. I, was, I heard uh, I was there. It was major escándalo. <laughs> she took my title away. <laughs> uh, um, are you an old... Por qué, buddy? Por qué? That the beast. That bunny. <laughs> Are you an old school wrestling fan? Did you watch that kind of stuff when you were growing up? I did. Um, growing up in El Barrio, um, uh, they had it on uh, Access Cable, mm-hmm. and I was able to like I was able to see like Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant. We sure. were talking about this off air, and and women's wrestling mm-hmm. back then when shit was like, oh my god, that girl just literally branded this girl's ass. <laughs> And that was real. Yeah. That was real. I swear to God. But yeah, um, the first, like up till like the ni- like ninety one, mm-hmm. I was watching wrestling, and I really enjoyed um, the glamour and theatrics of it because I thought it really was glamorous. Oh yeah, the well, spandex and the entrances, and it was like de la novela, but all the spandex. <laughs> and like the thing is, is I never thought. Even being involved in the burlesque scene as long as I have now, mm-hmm. like it never occurred to me to compare it to wrestling. It just never occurred to me until Bunny pointed it out. I was like, oh my God, they're the same. Like yeah. it really is. It's physicality, it's performance, it's showmanship. Mm-hmm. Like, and I just, I think it's a brilliant idea. Uh, listeners, it is April 6th, I believe is the date for uh, Tasselmania 3 at Drum in New York City. You can get your tickets online. Um, I will be DJing. Uh, Miss Frankie Eleanor will be performing again. Competing. Competing. Rather. Competing. Um, I ma- want that title. Um, but uh, but I think I think that's what, those kinds of shows are what I really love about burlesque. I mean, I love classic burlesque as well, but I think my brain is broken in a way. And I, the weirder or strange or off the wall or 
you know, just the different ways that people bring burlesque to life is mm-hmm. really amazing to me. Yeah, well, Bunny and Rabbit Hole Productions has done with Tasselmania, and it's going on its third year. And being lucky enough to see it evolve from the first one to now, I've been a part of it. It's going to be three years now. It It's just incredible what this has developed into. Mm-hmm. Bunny has put so much love and creativity in it, and I'm just like, so proud of her and I'm just blown away and like you said like it's it's those kind of events and that kind of collaboration creativity and how something can evolve that just makes me love what we do all the more like anything is truly possible and what she has done with Tasselmania has been nothing but exceptional it's been over like it just You see, Bunny, I'm at a loss for words. There you go. You you literally have outdone yourself, and I just can't wait to see what Bunny keeps creating year Me after too. year, show after show. That Same. incredible producer. I tip my hat off to her. Um, you are no slouch, though, when it comes to producing. You are very familiar <laughs> with it as well. Um, what are some of the trials and tribulations you faced while trying to produce your own show? What are some of the things that maybe you would have done differently if you, you know, or will do differently that maybe was harder in the early days of producing? I have to admit, I've been really lucky. It's been really easy for me. That's wonderful. I I had a platform that people were starved for. Mm -hmm. I, I gave and I planted a seed. I planted this beautiful seed and, um, over the past year, I've been seeing these new shows come up like, I think it's Ethographics. Uh huh. Stella, Stella Nova. Nova. Mm-hmm. I love Stella. She's Stella wonderful. has graced my stage more than once. I am looking forward to having her again for my May show. Um, she's been nothing but incredible, and seeing that show blossom the way it has, I'm I'm beyond like I'm speechless that this is happening. Yeah. It's it's becoming more of a streamlined thing. Um, what she has done, like collaborating with spoken word artists, Mm -hmm. um, dancers, um, like poetry. It's just, I had, I had the, uh, the honor of being part of the first show and just seeing what that has become. It's just incredible. And I'm starting to see like other shows like it starting to pop up and people are asking me like literally picking my brain as a producer, which floors me. I was like, oh my God, I never thought in a million years I would ever be a point of reference. Because <laughs> fun fact, and looping back to Bunny, um, I was also doing door for her for a while, mm-hmm. like when I first started. And I remember. You know, um, I, I think that's actually how we met. I believe so, yes, yes at Rabbit Hole. So um, Bunny gave me a lot of opportunities to be able to like help in the shows and be a part of them. And when I was ready to produce, I, I did ask for, you know, to take her out for lunch. And, you know, we talked and it was just a great opportunity to pick her brain. And that's just something I encourage anybody to do. Like if anyone ever wants to create something, don't be afraid to ask your fellow artist. Mm-hmm. You know, ask them out to coffee, treat them to a, a beverage or um, tea, coffee, a burrito <laughs> in my case, and you know, just talk it out and see what ha- what can happen, what you could get, you could be inspired by. And I had a really great productive conversation with her, and then BurleyCon happened, mm-hmm. and you know, that was the same time, that was the same year that 
uh, Trump got elected. So mm-hmm. am I allowed to say his name? You can. <laughs> Uh, there's, I mean, there's no, you know, I hate him. Are he they, can die in a fire. Coming after me yeah, now? I know, right? Yeah, no, I, if I, if I have Trump supporters who listen, thanks, but go fuck yourself. Uh, I'm, sorry. yeah, not, n- not, not sorry. But, uh, but no, yeah, I, I think that I definitely saw the shift as mm-hmm. well. Like, once he got elected, the types of shows that were coming up, you yeah. know, and like, like, uh, it, it just, you know, people want to express their frustrations through their art as well. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear. But it's also really great. And, I'm, you know, it's really funny that you mentioned that Bunny was very supportive of you because I felt the same way. And I've told this to her her face many a times. Um, but I'll say it behind her back on a podcast as well. <laughs> um, the reason I get to do what I do, the reason that I'm producing with Magical Girl Burlesque, the reason that I'm a DJ and a host is uh, credit to quite a few performers. Mm-hmm. but And she is one of them. Yeah. Because, you know... She, Schaefer obviously is her DJ guy because he's, you know, an MC. He like that's literally <laughs> what he does. He's a rapper. But the fact that whenever he was on tour or just wanted to be in the show or you know, was doing something else, hosting mm-hmm. the show, whatever it was, she I was always her number 2 and I was perfectly happy to be that. Like she always wanted to keep me involved and I, you know, I was really and also promoted the hell out of me. Like she, you know, talk about me, put me in promos, whatever it was. And I think there there could be more people in the space who do that. I don't think I think there are plenty, but I think there are also a fair share of performers who are just like this is this is my thing and yeah. I'm going to do it the way I want and no one can have a piece of it and I think mm-hmm. that's a bummer. You know, and this is not something to name names. I think it's just it's with all entertainment fields. There are yeah. people who are going to be selfish and want to mm-hmm. be about themselves and I think nothing is more valuable than sharing your knowledge with other people. Yeah, I am all about the sharing and it's it's just something I'm super grateful for. I'm grateful for that day. And um, going back to sharing, like BurleyCon was a great outlet for me to really get it going. Like I, I had the idea. I had the conversations. You know, something bad happened in politics. And <laughs> the ener- and it's funny because BurleyCon happened the day right after. Right. He, I remember. It was the very next day. And you're right. The energy was so different in that hotel room. Mm-hmm. Everyone was scared, angry, inspired. We just wanted to retaliate any way we can, mm-hmm. and we did it through art. And those four days were really amazing. And that's where I came up with the show's name and what it was going to be about. That's where I really started developing it. And um, closing day, they always have you do like this group project. Like everyone right. gets together and either says an affirmation to each other or, you know, we give each other this safe space. And one of the things that we had to do that day was tell someone, a complete stranger, um, what we wanted to do with um, the coming year. And I got to tell Mr. Gorgeous. <laughs> I was like, hey, guys. So you were looking up at him, right? I'm looking yeah. up at Mr. Gorgeous, and I was like, ah, oh, this is what I want to do. And he's like, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> he's a sweetie. The only, so the only man on the planet who makes me feel very short. Because I am not a short man, but he is a giant also because he's often wearing some kind of platform or heel, which doesn't help. <laughs> well, I mean, it helps him, but it doesn't help me feel tall. Uh, what a fabulous unicorn he is. Yeah, right? Um, I actually talking about butter pecan uh-huh. again. How did you come up with the name for the show? Ha! <laughs> Very few people. I think this is a generational thing because when 
Well, you and I are about the same Ish, grouping, yeah. Ish, we, won't, we won't say specifics, but um, it's actually based off of a Raekwon song. Is it really? <laughs> yes, Ice Cream Truck. That's awesome. <laughs> and of course, the Puerto Rican was the Butter Pecan Rican, Butter Pecan flavor, so I was like, ooh, you know. Butter pecan balas. That's great. Little and nod it, to my upbringing. And gives it a little alliteration as well. Yeah. And not a lot of people knew that, except for like this one random guy I met that happened to be a friend of a friend. And he's like, oh, I heard about your show. Nice Rayquan reference. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, you're, it's always, that's another funny thing about burlesque to me is you're, I'm never sure what will catch on or mm. what will be a hit or like what people will really get excited about. Like I, I will still wear as a badge of honor that I hosted a scrub, scrubs themed burlesque show that was a success. Like people actually came mm -hmm. and all the, 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 the acts were themed to the sitcom. Mm -hmm. Like it just, people showed up in droves and like I've been a part of other shows like based on comic books that people just come out for this stuff. And it's really interesting to me what people really want to see on stage. I think also for me, it's like, I want to just be entertained. Even if I don't know the theme, I might yeah. still go to the show because, I, you know, I may know the performer or the producer or whoever, mm -hmm. and I'll be entertained. You know, going back to Tasselmania again, like, I haven't watched wrestling still since we started doing Tasselmania. M matches here or there. Mm -hmm. But it's still fun because it's the spirit of wrestling. It doesn't really matter whether you've watched now. And I think that's why it's been so successful is like any wrestling fan from any generation can enjoy that show. Yes. And, and, and the audience participation with the signs oh, and the chanting brilliant. and oh my God, I'm like, oh my God. It's like, we're really at like the arena. Yeah. It's the amazing. The meta level is pretty high. I mean, also like Logan Laveau, the current intercontinental champion, mm -hmm. um, showed up with her own cheering squad mm -hmm. of folks that I know, people that I'm familiar with, t-shirts, everything. Well, you know, I think that was a spell she conjured up, but neither here, <laughs> neither here nor there. <laughs> um, is there anything in burlesque that you have not done that you want to try? Either something you incorporate into your act, a place you want to perform, mm. someone you want to perform with? I want to perform with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you like the idea of doing a duet with other people? I yes, I do, and I've actually been conjuring up a an act that is based off of like a historical event in Puerto Rico, like in the past hundred years, and I'm like, hmm, who would be my duet partner? And but I I would definitely not say no to a duet. I, I love working with people, collaborating. Um, but Tasselmania gave us the opportunity to pretty much do duets, but off the cuff. Right. <laughs> uh, improv duets that are competitive. I mean, and they're so good. I mean, you've competed with only one other performer oh, twice. So well, oh, know, that's not true. I, I did hear this uh, Tasselmania 3 is going to be a little different. Yeah, I hear that too. Oh, Our oh, first oh. men's match with uh, oh. Monroe Lilly and, and Baron. And Baron. Two, two very attractive humans that like are going to light the ring on fire. Literally. Literally, yeah. Uh, I remember the first time I saw Monroe Lilly perform at White Elephant, and I just, like, I literally did one of those, who is that? <laughs> like, I, I think I think it was them who did a uh, Aeon Flux number, where they just yes. this tight, large, leather suit. And I was just like, what am I seeing? Who is this beautiful human? Um, it's magic. <laughs> I do know the, the number that you're speaking of, and... Monroe Lily is just 
this magical creature and seeing their acts over and over and over again. Like everything that they have ever put on stage, I'm just in love with. I and feel I'm like just they're so perf- enamored by their entity. Uh huh. They walk into a room and I'm just like, there are some performers that you're talk. like, I don't even know how to communicate with you, like, like a person. Can I do an interpretive dance of joy for you? Because that's how you're making me feel. Um, what is uh, something that our listeners who might be fans of yours might not know about you? A kind of music that you listen to that people might not expect? A nerdy property that you're into that people might not know that you like? Like, what would be a surprising uh, tidbit <laughs> about you that people might not know? Um, well, I am a Lord of the Rings super fan. Oh. <laughs> books and movies? Just books? Um, both. And sometimes when I'm belching, people say I sound like Belloc. <laughs> which is very impressive, I think. <laughs> that is very impressive. And for music... Um, what would be shocking if you thought of Miss Frankie Eleanor listening to her tunes in the car? Marilyn Manson. Oh yeah, Marilyn Manson fan. I love Manson. I do too. I love. I that mean, strange creature is just like it's so, so alluring. He's so tame now, though. Like I see him in interviews now, and I look at him, and I go, I remember when you like terrified a nation, and now like. Unfortunately, real life is way scarier, and like he just comes off as way tamer, especially considering with YouTube and the crazy things that people will do for 15 yeah. minutes of fame. I feel like well, he's been around for a minute, so I think he's just above that now. Ah, that's probably true too. He's I mean, all like I did the shit already, kids. You go have at it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right. Gonna, I'm just gonna chill here and do a tour, and I'm just gonna make music. Yeah, slay it every time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what is, uh, the, what does the future of Frankie Eleanor look like? What are some things you're looking forward to trying to do or doing or planning to do this year in 20, our, our year of the Lord 2019? The year 2019. Um, I'd like to continue developing Butterbee Camp Burlesque more. Um, so far it has been, um, circus and burlesque, but I really want to reach out to the community and create an even wider net. I want drag performers. I want spoken word. I want musicians. I want, you know, monologues. I, I want it to be a more versatile variety show and... I, that's just going to be what I'm going to work on, just con- continuing to create the Butterbee Camp Burlesque um, experience as a very enriching one that deals with different um, media levels. Awesome. That so sounds really cool. That's my year. <laughs> well, uh, Miss Frankie Eleanor, this has been a pleasure. I've wanted to have you on the show for a while, and I'm so glad that you've been able to come here. Um, you're a performer who, from the moment I first saw you perform, I've been fascinated with just because of your confidence <laughs> and how you carry yourself on stage. Thank um, you. You know, and I love seeing the work you do. And then even the last three years of Tasselmania, like, on a serious note, watching you become this over-the-top character and, like, not give a fuck and just have fun is just is just a blast. So please don't ever stop. I won't. <laughs> Nunca. <laughs> Um, the last thing I'll ask you to do is we have a saying on this show, which Ooh. is music is life and life is good. The thought behind it is if you're making good art, mm-hmm. life can't be that bad. Mm-hmm. So I would love for you to sign off the podcast with that with our saying. 
So music is life and life is good. That's, that's it. That's it. That's it. Are you going to deliver it now? Oh, that was the take one. The first take. That, All right. That, take one, everyone. Let me have a sip of my tea. <laughs> I appreciate how. Me, me, me. Music is life and life is good. That's it for this episode of Crash Chords Autographs. Our theme music is by Michael Kill. Our logo was designed by Case Aiken and Joey Amans. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Facebook. You'll help us reach more listeners. Questions, comments, or guest recommendations? Email matt.storm at crashchords.com or hit us up on Twitter at Crash Chords Web. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Victor Devon, and I am the host of We Burlesque, the podcast. Every Monday, I talk to fabulous denizens of nightlife, including burlesque performers, both seasoned and new to the form, drag performers, performance artists, DJs, and artists who make up their respective scenes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Please visit weburlesque.com to check out episode recaps and see all the formats available. And remember that music is life. Life is good.